0: Hello, hello, hello. It is episode 21 of season two of the More Mask More People podcast. And ironically, it is 2-21-2023. Cheers! everyone. I'm Misty. And I'm Joel. And this is the More Math for More People podcast brought to you by CPM Educational Program.
1: On this podcast, we discuss the CPM curriculum, trends in math education, and share strategies to shift instructional practices to create a more inclusive and student-centered classroom.
0: We also highlight upcoming CPM professional learning opportunities and have conversations with math educators about how they do what they do.
1: And we always try to have a little bit of fun and laughter as well.
0: Indeed we do. So, come and find out what shenanigans we're up to on this episode. Boom. Okay. So, here we are. It is the National Day of segment for today. Sure is. And Joel, you're going to have to tell me. I don't know. What is this? What is this National Day today?
1: Today is National Patchkey Day.
0: Patchkey? Yeah. I, I don't... What is a Patchkey.
1: Okay. I can't wait to type. I,
0: I mean, okay. Like, like, I feel like it's not a patch key like that. It's one word, right?
1: That's one word. Okay. Patch key. Yeah.
0: What is a patch key?
1: Well, also known as a Faschnacht, just so you know. <laughs> that
0: doesn't help me. Okay. It's like <laughs> I, I also known might, as gobbledygook. I that might,
1: that might cue you in yeah. on the oh, day.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, no, no, it doesn't actually.
1: Well, it's a, it's a pastry and it's okay. a, it's kind of a donut type pastry, usually filled with, some sort of filling, maybe a cream, maybe a berry, something so like that. It's a
0: filled donut, not a holy donut. Correct. Or the hole is filled in with something else. At least
1: you cannot even see a hole. It's it's like it well, looks yeah. like a pillow. Well,
0: there's a hole inside that gets filled with. something. That's
1: right. They, they poke the thing and they squirt the thing. Yeah. But the okay. um, the idea behind them is it has to do with it's a tradition. So the the, the is a German heritage and the Patchki is a is another heritage. But the it comes around Ash Wednesday or Foshnot means the night before Lent. Mm-hmm. And so before you're giving up these things for your Lent, patch keys are mm-hmm. on the fat, fat Tuesday, all that stuff. And it's, uh, it's just a celebration of that time is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I love this time of year because I've already ordered mine. Wow. because on February 1st is the first day that I can order. There's a place in, in Michigan that I order from. I can't even get them here in Salt Lake City. I gotta, I gotta have them shipped in.
0: Is it in the Upper Peninsula?
1: There is one in the Upper Peninsula. They have several shops, but the one I get, I believe is in the Upper Peninsula. Mm. But February first, the first day you can order them, so you put your order in. I've already got them. I'm celebrating today by eating my patchkeys. Mm. So delicious! I would encourage anybody to celebrate this day by going out and finding some patchkeys or some faschnats in your fosh. <laughs> in your neighborhood.
0: So the patchkeys, I just did a quick little Google search. They are Polish, which I Polish, would have thank missed. you. They are Polish donuts.
1: Excellent. So, yes. Do you have any idea how you might celebrate? Are you going to go looking?
0: Well, if I can find some <laughs> gluten-free patchkeys, I might order them, but I don't know if that's very likely. Or I yeah. might just go, you know, eat a donut. That's okay, too. Or maybe I'll just make some gluten-free cinnamon toast and call it a patchkey.
1: I like that, too. <laughs> and, well, it's in the celebration of the spirit, right? Yeah, uh, I i that exactly. yeah, yeah, totally. I'm,
0: I'm, getting, I'm making my own accommodations.
1: Absolutely. There is a claim here, as I'm looking, that yes. everyone loves donuts. I don't know if that's yeah. actually true. That's a that's a everyone tough claim.
0: Loves <laughs> hmm. I think it depends on the donut,
1: well, right? Like, I can tell you, patchkey Everybody loves keys. They're so good. Well,
0: <laughs> then clearly everyone loves <laughs> Polish donuts, according to Joel. That's right. Um, yeah, I think that's that really depends on the donut. Like if it's just like an old fashioned, not iced, even uh, it's not very delicious in my opinion, unless I'm dunking it into coffee. But like other donuts. I don't know. It just depends. It depends mm-hmm. on the donut. Are they hot donuts? Because hot donuts from Krispy Kreme, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. They're just delicious because they're hot. I you
1: know, I like, think a hot crazy. donut from Krispy Kreme is a like a one bite donut. Like I could take that whole donut yeah. in one bite.
0: Because <laughs> well, it, it kind of sh- yeah. melts into your mouth anyway when you're eating because it's hot and delicious. Totally. Yeah. I have, apple fritters are also very delicious. I do like an happy. apple fritter. Or warm fresh maple bars. Mm.
1: Also very. I like delicious. a cream cheese Danish as well.
0: Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big Danish fan. Mostly because I think I've had too many packaged Danishes. <laughs> at, you know, <laughs> continental breakfasts at hotels. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> those are those are not delicious. A classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's so it's Patchy Day. So it is today. Today must also be Fat Tuesday then. Correct. Oh, which means Lent starts tomorrow. If you are kind to such things, and you should do all the things today that you won't do tomorrow. That's right. Uh, have a great Fat Tuesday, and if you choose to celebrate with donuts...
1: Patchkey's the way to go.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so we're here today with uh, Stephanie Castaneda and Mike Locus, who work for the Curriculum and Assessment Department, the writers for us here at CPM. And we're here to talk about another aspect of the Inspiring Connections curriculum that is kind of, it's not really totally new to us, but it's definitely enhanced and we want to hear more about what it looks like. And that's the social emotional learning aspects and parts of the program that have been enhanced and added in IC. So welcome to the podcast, Mike and Stephanie. Welcome. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of
0: course. So, tell us a little bit. Let's just start a little bit about talking about why we have this added SEL. Right? This is a some people might say this is a math curriculum. Why did we? What are we worrying about this social emotional learning? So, why why was that a big focus when you were putting together the IC curriculum?
3: Yeah, I I would say that we didn't necessarily add it in. We might be more explicit in areas where we're we're calling attention to social emotional learning, but we just took the lead given to us from historic CPM curricula, right? CPM is a social curriculum where we encourage discourse and team work throughout the lessons and even with assessments. So I think we just took the lead that was already there and just
2: enhanced it. And I think I would add as well as in addition to being a social curriculum, we're also encouraging students to bring their full selves into the curriculum. And I think Joel had mentioned earlier this idea of you know getting to know the particular students in your classrooms. And I think part of that is welcoming their entire selves in. So bringing their emotions and not restricting it in ways that mathematics classrooms traditionally have restricted what emotions are acceptable in a math learning space, being serious as opposed to being goofy or being quiet as opposed to being loud and allowing students to bring all the ways that they experience mathematics, uh, both in and out of the classroom, into that learning space.
1: Interesting. On our last episode, we kind of talked about that In between core connections and inspiring connections, there's been some research and some learning and some new things. And while social-emotional learning is not a new concept, was there any research that had gone into explicitly putting in the curriculum? Is this a CPM decision?
3: I think that this just goes into having a team of writers bringing their teaching experience into the curriculum, right? Because you talk to teachers and they're like, I have to do this and I have to do that, right? So there's the lesson, but then I have to write a launch. I I want to have the question at the door when the students are coming in, right? There's many things I still have to do. So I think this is a byproduct of, yeah, there's some research, but mostly it's, we've got all these people coming out of the classroom to Mm -hmm. write. And we're bringing our experiences to make the next set of curriculum a full total package for teachers, right? This is what teachers want. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to ask about, I think is that, and I think you just sort of answered a little bit of that. A lot of times I think as teachers and, and you know, when, when we're working with teachers, we hear that like, they're like, oh, I don't have time for all this extra stuff, right? I have to, I have there's mm-hmm. all this math lesson and the math lesson takes up the whole, you know, 47 of the 50 minutes, right? How do I even fit in all these other things? And I think what I'm hearing you say is that you're being more intentional about making the spaces for those things and embedding them in it so that it is explicit and and raises that awareness as well and does all of those pieces that its teachers hopefully were doing, right?
2: Right, and I think to Stephanie's point, you know, one of the, so I'm, I'm new to the CPM team um, mm-hmm. in my first like six months uh, on the <laughs> writing team. i so excited to be a part of the team. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that really drew me to CPM is both the, the knowledge that we draw on from people who've been in the classroom, been teaching CPM lessons, like mm-hmm. myself, maybe somebody who wasn't teaching a CPM uh, curriculum and recognizing the ways that we're drawing on that knowledge. And we're also drawing on the research base that informs, you know, instructional practices that are going to support students in their mathematical learning. And so we're recognizing that, in our experiences, the ways in which we are really engaging our students is through supporting social emotional learning. Um, there's also plenty of research that supports the need for that and how it can support students in their academic learning. And I think the way that Stephanie and I started talking about this and, and really our own understanding is, is coming from the Castle framework, C-A-S-E-L. You're talking about kind of like the five dimensions of self-awareness, self-management, Responsible decision making, relationship skills, and social awareness, and how those are things that we have embedded uh, throughout IC as well. And we can talk about specific examples, like how those are kind of threaded in explicitly and implicitly.
0: Yeah, I think I I really like that shift. I feel like I've been out of the classroom for a little while and. I feel like there's my experience of when I was in school and also early in my career in the classroom that, yes, we did social-emotional learning, but it was a, it was a separate curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. It was a separate thing, a separate time. So like, great, we have this little enrichment period time where we're going to work on social-emotional stuff, which is really helpful. A lot of those things need to be explicitly taught, but having it also embedded so that it doesn't feel like it's a separate extra thing outside of math or science or English arts or whatever, that it's more of a whole child kind of a direction i really i really like that
3: and i also want to to mention you know i said teachers want this but we could definitely argue argue that our learners want it as well right they Mm -hmm. want to be seen they want to be valued Mm -hmm. and and not just seen in the way we might see them right but they want to show us who they are and we've been intentional in asking questions and providing opportunities for students to show us who their authentic selves are
1: that's so great so what i'm kind of hearing also is this isn't just something that happens at the in chapter one, the beginning of the year, right? This is going on, I think you mentioned in every lesson. Is that true that it goes on each day?
2: Absolutely. One of the places that students and teachers are going to be introduced to social emotional learning is in the Prelude. So regardless of when schools adopt the CPM curriculum, before teaching chapter one, they're going to teach chapter zero or the Prelude, which is really an opportunity for students and teachers to get to know the each other as well as be uh, more familiar with the CPM IC curriculum. Stephanie and I were just working uh, together on IC3 and and one of the the themes really cutting through uh, the prelude in particular is the ways in which different communities and students value and think about respect and what that means to individual students and so providing opportunities for students to get to know each other and what what respect means to them as well as what it means to the teachers and how they're demonstrating respect for and showing respect for each other throughout the course and so there's a very heavy and explicit focus on social emotional learning in that introductory chapter but then like you mentioned Joel, you know it's really brought throughout the entire curriculum Uh, stephanie mentioned earlier this idea of door questions when students are coming into the classroom and just having an opportunity to get to know students Not necessarily about a math topic but just getting to know what their interests are you know a quick this or that type of question as they walk into the classroom or or something about their preferences or a highlight of their week but then we also have things that again not new to cpm uh different uh where students are are really having opportunities to be social and talk to to each other as well as talking about ways that they can develop their relationships within their teams as they're moving around throughout the classroom
1: the door question idea, to me, is, suddenly pops up like the pocket questions that are in the teacher notes. Is it that kind of an idea where it's a, a variety of questions to choose from, or is it specific maybe to a lesson?
3: The door question, as much as possible, I think we try to disconnect it from the lesson, mm-hmm. right? So it's a, it's, a, it's a low risk opportunity to engage with learners as they, as they come in. So I know I was guilty of asking mathy questions as students came in, and many times that backfired. So as often as possible, these questions can be as simple as what makes you smile, you know, and that interaction immediately could put the learners in a different mindset that's not math again, but I'm excited to see and hear what the teacher is going to ask because their first engagement with me is about me and not just the math.
0: What are some of the other ways, you mentioned the door questions and some specific STTSs, but what are some of the other specific ways that the this SEL sort of shows up? Is it like a thread or some other you know routines and things that would recur throughout the course?
3: So part of what we brought in to the curriculum explicitly, it was designed to raise our awareness of where we're incorporating SEL. And something that CPM has always incorporated is um, reflection. Or journaling, right? So that's one place where uh, you you will see the continued use of SEL. So students are thinking about how they've grown, or areas in which they would like to continue to improve, or even their interactions with with their teammates. How am I a good teammate? How are how have others been good teammates to me? So um, I think through the continued use of reflections and journaling, um, we're supporting SEL.
2: I'd say another way that we might see this, too, in addition to kind of sequences and like in purposeful sequences of reflection journals and goal journals would be like individual standalone launches prior to students engaging in a lesson. So like a standalone launch might look something like completing a sentence uh, to represent something that that is positive about yourself. Um, and that nece- that is not necessarily going to be tied to the lesson. Mm-hmm. But then there are launches that are uh, very much intentionally sequenced with a lesson. Um, and so I think in addition to the theme of respect that we had talked about, a similar theme would be that of fairness. And so how, do, how does your culture inform what you believe fairness to be and how you think about fairness? So a launch to a lesson uh, like that that we have included would be having students have discussions, again, relying on STTSs. Uh, so for instance, have engaging in a, in a pass it on about various statements about what they think to be fair uh, would be a launch to a lesson like that. Um, similarly, engaging in another launch where they're having a discussion about what's the difference between and what's their understanding of equity versus equality, and then engaging in a lesson that was a mathematical investigation of the ways in which something could be divided equitably or fairly amongst a group of friends. And so again, drawing on students' understandings of what that means to then inform the mathematics instruction um, as the core lesson as well.
0: I like those kinds of ideas, in particular, the one you just talked about with the equality and equity. I think a lot of times we, you know, we, we do particular lessons and we have some Idea of, you know, a concept we want to get, have kids grapple with and we want to engage their sort of pre-thinking what they think about it already. But that's not always an easy thing to do. Right. Or if we ignore it, then it comes up and it <laughs> in the middle of the lesson, you're like, Oh, wow. I hadn't expected that. So I like that that allows time for kids to kind of get into some of those thinking and for teachers to sort of go, Oh, okay. Here's where my class is before we kind of go into this bigger, deeper ideas of things sometimes. So. What else do listeners need to know? What what question do you wish we've asked you right now? <laughs>
2: Um, okay. So I, I think one thing that I'm I'm really excited about seeing in in the ways that we're bringing attention to students' awareness of social emotional learning, as well as teachers' awareness, you know, we had mentioned this idea of like providing questions to consider for the teachers and, and really using those as, as leverage opportunities to challenge teachers to think about their own biases, to think about their, their own perceptions of the world, to think about what participation looks like in a social classroom. And I think other things that we do is, and teachers can expect to see throughout is the ways that we call out things like culturally responsive teaching throughout each of the lessons. And so, so things like uh, New America, for instance, has a, a set of eight competencies for culture responsive pedagogy, sorry, culture responsive teaching. And for instance, one being promoting respect for student differences. And so as we incorporate things like questions to consider or or notes in the author vision for the teacher to, to really elicit students' perspectives and the ways in which they've come to understand different ideas such as respect, really flagging that for teachers to think about, okay, in this lesson, this is going to be something that we're explicitly attending to and to look for in the questions that, students, that are student-facing as well as the things that are going to be in the author vision.
3: Yeah, I think it's important to Go back to what many of us have learned about SEL and the Castle framework, C-A-S-E-L, which stands for Collaborative for Academic and Social Emotional Learning, right? So it's not that there's social emotional learning and then there's academics, there's both. And as educators, something that we strive to do is ignite the inner mathematician, right? Mm. And, and how do we ignite that inner mathematician? It's by recognizing that mathematicians look different, sound different, respond differently, question differently, right? We, we do things in a variety of ways, but it's for the same goal in answering questions or posing a new question, right? And by intentionally incorporating some of these components already mentioned, we are igniting those inner mathematicians, all the different ones that come into the classroom, right? They're all there. And, and this is an opportunity for us to welcome our differences and to use them as assets.
1: Well, it's inspiring connections is going to be really cool. And I love the thought that's going in there as, as you mentioned with the teamwork, it just, it's all coming together even more than it was before for me. Like, it Mm -hmm. sounds like it's going to be really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was That was really well said. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you so much, both of you, for being on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to hearing more about IC in the next few weeks as we look at some of the other components of this new curriculum, and hopefully uh, you're all, I know this uh, this podcast is going to come out just before the teacher conference, so I know you two will be at the teacher conference talking a lot about Inspiring Connections yeah. as well. So look for the pin. Exactly. There'll be people wearing pins. You can find out more. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both.
0: So that's a wrap for this episode of the More Math for More People podcast.
1: For more information and to stay connected, you can find CPM on both Twitter and Facebook.
0: The music for the podcast was created by Julius H. and can be found on pixabay.com. Join us for the next episode of More Math for More People. What day will that be, Joel?
1: It'll be March 7th, and it's National Cereal Day. I'm really excited to talk to Misty about this one. I have some really specific cereal stories. I remember growing up, my mom would never let me have sugar cereals. Occasionally, I'd get one in, but so we would always have grape nuts in the cupboard, or some, even some oatmeal for some warm cereal, or right? anything like that, and when I then left the home, and I, I was on my own, I always just loved to have cereals, like Charms, or any kind of cereal, and it for breakfast or lunch or dinner but i do have some really great cereal stories that i can't wait to share with misty and the rest of our listeners on march 7th see you then